welcome to the Happy Saver podcast. I'm Ruth, a personal finance blogger here in New Zealand. And in this podcast, I chat to a diverse bunch of people. I learn their story and I condense it down so that you can hear helpful, relatable stories from Kiwis who are sharing their experiences, their tips and point of view on personal finance right here in New Zealand. Righto, here we go. I spoke with my friend Bella back in March of 2021 after she had just finished up her full year of work as a midwife in Wellington. We spoke about how seven years of study earning her two degrees had also left her broke with an $85,271 student loan debt. If you have not already listened to that, then go back and listen to episode number 52 and it's called I Don't Want a Student Debt Hangover. It will give you more context before enjoying this episode. When Bella finally opened the email about her student loan, she was shocked to see how much she owed. She genuinely had no clue that it had climbed that high and she could not comprehend how she would ever be able to pay it off. The only saving grace was that because student debt is interest-free in New Zealand, the balance would not be climbing any higher. The laborious task of paying it back was about to begin, whether she liked it or not. But before I get into it, I wanted to share with you a message about my favourite budgeting app and sponsor of this episode, Pocketsmith. After many years of running my blog and podcast out of any room in the house that would give me some privacy, I decided the time had come to create a studio in the garden to call my own. Using Pocketsmith, I tracked the entire project by creating a category called Writing Studio, and I set a realistic budget of just $2,200. With such a tight budget, using Pocketsmith helped keep track of the exact cost of the build, tracking both the money spent on new and recycled products and the money received from selling unwanted goods to fund the project. It gave me peace of mind to head into a project with such a strong financial plan. But that doesn't mean I didn't overspend though. In fact, Pocketsmith let me know that I'd overspent by $217. That's not Pocketsmith's fault, entirely my own. And the studio I have now was so worth every extra dollar spent. If you want to supercharge your finances with Pocketsmith, they've got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's premium plan. To get your deal, go to pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. That's pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. Basically, if you have a student loan, once you start earning over about $20,000 from any source, you have to start making payments. She will have to pay a compulsory 12% of every dollar she earns over that $20,000. Because Bella is now self-employed, She can hold off and pay this at the end of the financial year, or she can make interim and voluntary payments to spread the load throughout the year. If she were to be an employee, it just automatically gets deducted from each paycheck. So if her net income above that $20,000 was $50,000, she would pay 12% of that or $6,000 towards her student loan. If she were to pay back too little, the IRD would charge her late payment interests. And until that debt is gone, her paycheck will have 12% deducted every single time. If you net $1,000 a week, $120 of that is immediately taken away and sent to your debts, leaving you with just $880. Student debt is serious. Now, back in 2020, when she was heading out to start her first career, she had a lot of stuff to figure out. She knew she was finally about to become a working woman. But what about this loan she now has to pay back? 
Well, it was around this time in early 2020 that she had called in for a coffee with me, telling me that she had also taken out a small personal loan from an acquaintance and she had paperwork to complete to get a bank loan to set her up in her new hometown of Wellington. Well, long story short, that bank paperwork was binned and I said that if she continued to live like a broke student, for just a short while longer, she could make voluntary payments towards her debt and aggressively pay it back and get rid of it. Then get on with her debt-free life. She had been broke for her whole life, basically, so what's a few more years? Unfortunately, friends gave her the opposite advice. Why would you pay your loans back? They are interest-free, they said. In my opinion, this is just terrible advice. So when we chatted in March of 2021 for the podcast, she had a year of working under her belt and she had earned a gross salary of $99,000, had set the minimum amount aside to make a loan repayment and had started to invest as per the advice of her friends. She said that she was feeling a real psychological barrier about putting any money onto her student loan, particularly in light of people telling her that she was foolish to do so. She was also aggressively setting money aside into a separate bank account to pay her upcoming tax bill. She deemed paying her taxes much more important than paying her student debt off. And given the fact that in a roundabout way, this is still taxpayer money, it's interesting that people treat the two so differently. Being a first-year self-employed worker, she was unsure how much she would need for her taxes. So she basically just saved her guts out. After all, she was used to living like a broke student. A $99,000 income was massive. She didn't need to spend it all to live. And it was actually quite easy to save. And after a year of working, she saved up $55,000. Yep, you heard that right. Basically, she had oversaved for her tax, big time, leaving her a large chunk of surplus money. So on the advice of her excellent accountant, she paid all her tax owing, plus the $9,500 or 12% of her income over that $20,000 for her student loan payment that she was required to make bringing the balance of her student debt down in a meaningful way for the very first time. And this lit a fire in her. She threw that extra cash at her loan and at the click of a button brought the balance down to $55,000. And that is how we left our chat back in March of 2021. I'm sure that you are like me and you want to know how this story is progressing. Is student debt that unscalable mountain and should she just give up? Hell no. Instead of giving up, she got up and she has absolutely gotten after it. Actually gives me goosebumps as I think about this. Um, Over the last 12 months, I've been getting text messages from Bella with snapshots of her plummeting loan balance. So let me walk you through her journey text by text. On the 9th of March, 2021, balance owing $55,040. Where did that pesky extra $40 come from, you ask? Well, that comes from a $40 admin fee, which is added every single year, which has been absolutely annoying the heck out of Bella since she first saw it added to her bill. Debt repayment has so much psychology involved in it, and for her, $40 was enough to really piss her off and to get her moving. On the 14th of May, 2021, she had dropped another lump sum on her student loan, balance now showing $50,000 exactly. On the 18th of August 2021, she brought it down to $45,000 exactly. Plus, she said she had also got a note from the IRD that she had overpaid her student loan. They advised her that if this was an error, she could correct it now. 
Heck no, she was rapidly approaching that halfway point of $43,500. She has a handwritten chart on her wall monitoring her progress, and seeing that halfway point highlighted was annoying her so much, she said. She wanted it under that amount ASAP. Now this is the perfect attitude to have to debt repayment, constant monitoring and visual prompts to spur you on. Her loan balance was really starting to sink now. On the 27th of November 2021, her balance stubbornly remained at the $45,000 mark because she had provisional tax to save for. She wanted to make sure that she had enough money set aside in her separate tax account for when that time came, and rightly so. Bella said that the temptation to just chuck it all on her student loan is there, but she resisted, thankfully. If there's anyone who you should be paying on time, it is the tax department. In the meantime, she was managing her income extremely well, setting money aside into separate sinking fund bank accounts for a variety of other purposes like car maintenance, business tax, annual leave, and a holiday with her sister, for example. And honestly, watching her thinking evolve has been really rewarding, and she's getting some excellent money structures in place, which will last her a lifetime. Putting money into these separate buckets or bank accounts means that as soon as she knows all her tax obligations, she will know how much money she has spare, and she can throw that at the debt. So on the 1st of December 2021, I received a simple message of, Hey Ruth, the student loan is now $39,000, and there were a couple of exclamation marks thrown in there, to which I replied, nailing it Bella, you will be done in no time. Plus, I sent her the Ramsey Show podcast I just listened to, where a woman was sharing her debt-free scream, having just paid off a similar amount of debt to Bella. I wanted to keep her motivated, which to be fair, she seemed to be doing all on her own anyway. So Christmas came and it went and she had an extended period of time holidaying with friends in Fano. She even popped down to spend a night with us, which was pretty awesome. Being a midwife is stressful at any time, but throw in a global pandemic and it takes it up a notch. So during 2021, she felt the pressure and weight of responsibility weighing down heavily upon her. She knew she needed a break. So with her newly established money management skills, she opened up another bank account and she started to put money aside to cover a break from work. Given that she's self-employed, a leave of absence takes planning because her income effectively stops, but you still need to pay your rent. She spoke with her team of colleagues, and they supported her to keep a client caseload that she could take a break from, but walk back into feeling refreshed after her break. So from the end of December 2021 until the beginning of March 2022, she took time out and is very grateful to her colleagues for making this easier for her. To save up for this, her student loan payments were reduced, but talk about an oversaver, if there even is such a thing. When she receives any income, she puts 40% aside for tax, then a further 15% for GST, and an additional 10%, which she considers savings. Somehow, she said, she easily set aside $15,000 to cover her two-month break from work, She knew that for her this was a good strategy and the reality is sinking in that she earns a very good income. This girl is definitely on fire. Obviously midway through her holiday she realised she had oversaved and there was no way she could spend 15 grand so I received another message telling me she had paid down more of her loan. On the 6th of Feb 2022 the total loan balance is now 24,984, an incredibly annoying figure. Her reasoning is that while 25 grand is a lovely round number, 24,984 is not, 
and it motivates her to get it down to 20k ASAP. So whatever it takes, Bella, these wee psychological tricks, they really do work. Along the way, I've told her that she could be debt-free by mid-2022, but she never quite believed me. But finally, she conceded that she had a feeling that she will be able to pay off her loan in this year. On the 8th of March, 2022, a year since I interviewed her for the podcast, she sent me a screenshot of her student loan balance, now down to just $19,000. Bella is now almost 28, and it has been two years since she has entered the workforce, earning almost $100,000 gross each year. It has been just one year since she began to aggressively pay down her $85,271 student loan, paying off a total of $66,271, and it has not been at the detriment of the rest of her life. During this time, she has also paid $50 weekly into her KiwiSaver, and its balance now sits at $16,200. She has fulfilled all her tax obligations and continues to save up for future instalments. She has saved up and paid cash for a $6,000 car, and she has taken an extended break from work, all paid for in cash. She has even managed to put a little into her sharesies investments too, with $50 a week being spread over the SmartShares New Zealand 50 and the SmartShares US 500 and the Pathfinder Global Responsibility Fund. I still think she can have the student loan done and dusted by July, don't you? In that same text where she showed me her balance is down to 19 grand, she also sent me a pic of her sitting in a park reading the book The Barefoot Investor by Scott Pape. The knowledge is growing. Bella is now seeking out opportunities to learn more about money. She is going to free seminars, reading books, and just generally being open to conversations that involve putia or money. On our most recent catch-up, we talked about our conversation back at the start of 2020, when I apparently said to her that she could get rid of her $85,000 student debt within three years. She said that she recalls thinking, what the heck has Ruth been smoking? Why is she even saying that? It's the most unrealistic thing I've ever heard. So it turns out that I was the unrealistic one. She will beat my prediction. I look at it this way. Students view debt through a lens of poverty because most students survive on the poverty line. I know I did. Relying on part-time jobs, holiday jobs, student loans, sometimes a student allowance, scholarships, and maybe help from Fano. So when you survive on $400 a week, Of course, $85,000 of student debt feels like a mountain, but living in poverty for the majority will only be short term. You will come out and make decent money, and you can throw that money on your debt really fast. That is what Bella experienced once she got moving. The narratives that society spins us keep traipsing out this model of student debt is normal, it's okay, and you should not pay it off. The majority of the feedback Bella gets is definitely along these lines, but as she herself said to some recent graduates who are in a similar amount of debt to what she was, you can be debt-free in less than two years, just keep living like a student. And once you are debt-free, here is the thing, you never need to worry about it again because it's gone. You just close that chapter and move on. Because for all these well-meaning people who tell others not to pay off student debt, They don't understand the burden that former students are feeling as they head out into the world. I'll always say to younger people, life only gets more complicated. So while life is simple, get yourself sorted. Because give it time, you'll most likely get into a relationship, may have children, may take on a mortgage, may even want to head overseas. All these things need money, 
And if you have created a financial mess early in your life, it's going to affect your later decision making. Thankfully, Bella has a really supportive team at work and they are actually talking about the journey she is on and they are cheering her on, plus learning from her experiences, which is exactly what I want to hear. I'm so sick of hearing what's wrong with student debt. I'm more interested in learning from people like Bella how to put it behind you fast. We know what is broken. Let's correro more about how to fix it because it is fixable. While we were chatting most recently, Bella shared with me her current situation, trying to work in a healthcare profession while surrounded by COVID, because on the week that we spoke, Wellington was nearing a COVID peak. As her flatmates came down with it one by one, she was working her hardest to not catch it herself because it would mean she could not be there for the woman that she's caring for. For the first time, she gained an understanding of the freedom having an emergency fund gives you. In her case, her emergency fund is $5,000. That is money sitting in a bank account specifically called emergency fund. Her living situation was putting her at high risk. So she tapped into her emergency fund, booked an Airbnb and immediately moved into it like that day. She has her own space for a week at least and her work can continue safely. Most importantly, she feels safe in her own home, being able to come home and take off her mask has given her physical and mental health a real lift, she said. It did cost $1,700 for seven nights, but she said it was one of the most empowering things she has done. This made her realize the psychology of money even more. If she didn't have an emergency fund, she would have felt trapped and stressed. She would have had to reach into her savings account, therefore slowing down her debt payoff. But with the emergency fund, this is exactly what it is there for. And without hesitation, she just reached over and used it. And it was empowering to do so. Honestly, as I was hearing her talk, the hairs stood up on my arms because Bella gets it. She really understands what having money budgeted out and set aside for specific purposes does for you. People who tell Bella that she should pay off her student loan at the minimum not keep an emergency fund because that $5,000 should be earning interest somewhere, use credit cards for spending and invest all her money in the share market, they absolutely fail to take into account life. If she had used their vague financial strategy and had invested all her money, what would she have done? Well, her needing $1,700 also coincided with the share market being down at that very moment. Russia had invaded Ukraine and the share markets globally were down she would not have sold down her investments to pay for this Airbnb. A, because the share market was down and she would have lost money, and B, because you don't put cash in the share market that you need to use in the short term. You don't sell to buy day-to-day items. She would have either paid for this Airbnb expense on a credit card or suffered in her flat and most likely caught COVID, thereby stopping her ability to earn an income. I was so happy and relieved for Bella that in a couple of clicks of her mouse, She created and paid for an exit plan and got herself out of a bad situation. Now, this situation has led her to think about changing her living arrangements when she becomes debt-free because 2022 is still going to be chaotic as we learn to live with COVID in the community. She has done some tentative looking at renting a one-bedroom apartment on her own and it would set her back about $600 plus a week plus living costs. See what I mean about life becoming more complicated as we age? It is a huge sum compared to the $190 a week she currently pays in a shared house. The price of renting in Wellington is just awful. 
And it's not going to improve anytime soon if the line she heard from an investment property expert at a recent seminar she attended is anything to go by. It was, you don't need to be a landlord, you get a property manager in, and you shouldn't even know the names of your tenants. Bella felt sickened by this view that landlords have of tenants. And for me, hearing this gave a little insight into what people who choose to rent are up against, and it pretty much sucks. So throughout this journey, as I said, she has had her fair share of detractors, but the biggest thing that she has taken out of it is the confidence she now has around handling her own putia or money. She is steadily learning to become more financially literate, and just talking about it actually made her, and as a result me, because I'm a big softy, quite emotional. And a crappy relationship early on in her get-out-of-debt journey was with someone who knew her plan to pay off her loan, someone who knew how motivated she was to do so, but at every turn they challenged her on the way she was going to go about it. They were a real schemer, whether it be crypto, getting rich quick, or watching the share market gyrate up and down. They were so pushy in their views, but really their systems were completely untested and they had no right to tell Bella what to do. They did a pretty tidy job of making Bella feel powerless and that nothing she would try to do, whether it be her job, earning an income or paying off her loan, would work. And because of that chipping away at her confidence, never in a million years did she think that she could stand where she is today. Her success has made her feel so much better about the future because of what she has achieved by herself in such a short amount of time. And to other young women out there, I'd say to be careful who you invite into your life And if they are not lifting you up, get rid of them. And I'm sorry, I know I'm not supposed to swear, but life is too short to go out with a wanker. Despite the detractors, Bella has a few key friends and family members cheering her on, and these are the types of people she should pull into her orbit. Getting her text updates is a highlight for me, and no matter where I'm at, when I get her messages, you'll see me doing a fist pump and a woohoo. Listen to the people who tell you that you can do it, Bella. And for all the people who say that it can't be done, Just keep showing them your sinking loan balance and the fact that you are still alive and still thriving. She still thinks she won't get a student loan paid until the end of the year. I still think she will be done by July 2022. As she gets closer to zero, she said that she is already starting to look at her various bank accounts and sinking funds and seeing what she could push off to her debt to get her there just that little bit faster. And she is already thinking about what the other side of debt payoff will look like. She has been very surprised at how fast the loan has gone down and because of that, she feels so capable of saving for anything. Righto, before I wrap up, I have another quick message from today's sponsor, Pocketsmith. If you want to supercharge your finances with Pocketsmith, they've got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's premium plan. To get your deal, go to pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. That's pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. As I wrap up, I'll finish by saying that for all those who tell themselves or others that student loans are not worth paying off, quote, because they're interest free and inflation and 12% of every single paycheck will take care of them over the next 10, 20, 30 plus years. You're wrong. You are absolutely forgetting that owing a sum of money does not happen in isolation. Its impacts on both your bank account and psyche are far wider reaching. And for Bella, getting after her debt has given her a massive life lesson in how fast things can happen if you simply set your mind to them. It's better that she gets rid of it now by ripping the band-aid off 
so that when she chooses to move into a more expensive flat or have a family or if she chooses to buy a home or if she chooses to go overseas, this student loan won't linger in the corner affecting all of those decisions. When she said how empowered she felt to be able to reach over into her emergency fund and pay cash for temporary accommodation, I had a lump in my throat. These last 12 months in particular have let her feel the freedom that comes from being a good manager of her own money and how empowering it feels to have control over your own situation, not relying on others to come to your aid. So thanks, Bella, for again taking the time to share the realities of what paying off $85,000 of student loan looks and feels like in Aotearoa today. Her situation is not unique. Thousands are gearing up to take on student debt. They have student debt or they're paying it off. Both Bella and I want to challenge parents, caregivers and future students to look carefully at what they can do both now and in the future to reduce the financial burden of student debt. And fear not, the Happy Saver listeners, I'll be keeping you up to date with when Bella kills off her debt once and for all. So that's all from me this week. Now my new plan is to be back in a fortnight with another money journey of another Kiwi. I'm changing up the frequency of these podcasts and I plan to release one a fortnight from here on in. And I figure if I say it out loud that I'll stick to my promise. If you want to get in touch, you can find me at thehappysaver.com and I would love it if you could leave me a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And please do share it with your friends. It is the best way that people can learn about the podcast and I would love it if you would talk more about money with your own friends and whanau and help me continue to help others be better with money. So until next time, happy saving. Happy saving.